Hey Tiff, it's time for us to swing into adventure and play one of my favorite games of all time, Uncharted 4. Why is this funny to you? <laughs> I was holding it in. I was trying to play it cool. Why is this funny to you? It's punny. It's great. Oh, well, the swing. Swing into adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> well. But it was a fantastic game. I loved this game. I did. I did. I'm so happy we played it for the show. You'd never played Uncharted before, right? You'd never played any of these? No, I've been putting it off. Mm-hmm. I've had them around. I have all of the first three, like on a disc that basically came with my PlayStation okay. because I got the PlayStation to play Last of Us. Yep. And ever since playing Last of Us, everyone's like, you have to play Uncharted, mm-hmm. right? So I, but I just, I never have. I haven't had the time to sit down and play such a big game. Mm-hmm recently and i'm just really glad that this show exists to give me that time to play a big game and it was completely absolutely unequivocally worth it so you mentioned the last of us uh, this game is made by a developer called naughty dog who only make they're, they're effective what's known as like a second party studio they only make games for sony they only make playstation games and they make the last of us as well as uh, Uncharted. And because I knew how much you loved The Last of Us and because at some point I'm going to play The Last of Us with your help. Which is absolutely one of my favorite games. Yep. So I figured that this would be something that I was very confident that you would enjoy. I picked Uncharted 4 because it's the only one that I've played the whole way through. I played a bunch of 2 and 4 and I wanted to pick it I know it's the last one in the series, but it's so, so good. I kind of wanted to give you the best chance to love a game like this. Appreciated because it was it was just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely stunning. It was like watching a beautiful movie, you know, and I love games like that. Have you played games like this one before? Have you played like Tomb Raider and stuff? I have played some of Tomb Raider. I mm-hmm. never finished a Tomb Raider, mm-hmm. I don't think. Maybe like one of the really beginning ones i got through um i but it was just mm, less memorable i didn't get addicted to that franchise so i have i have played that stuff before though yes so uncharted 4 was released in 2016 in may um and is the obviously fourth installment in the uncharted series uh but it's the last one that will be focusing on nathan drake which is who's been the main character for the last four um there was a game that came out Afterwards, I think it's called Uncharted Lost Legacy that had, I think, two female playable character leads. Like, you, I don't know if, like, I, I'm, we are actually thinking of picking that one up at some point just mm-hmm. because we enjoyed it so much. And it includes uh, some of the people that, that have been in previous games, I think. Um, but that that's like a shorter game that we're thinking of picking up, but it's still good. This game scored a consistent 90% across the board in its reviews, which seems to be a funnily enough a, a theme with the games we've been playing recently whenever i look at the scores it's always like nine out of tens and 90 percent by december of 2016 this game had sold 8.7 million copies it was a big success and it is considered to be a classic now i think um it's it's not too old but you know it it really did so much for this game for the playstation at the time because they pushed a lot of what makes uncharted great 
to the very edge. Like they really went big on a lot of things in this game, um, and they succeeded. Probably the best thing that they succeeded on is the way this game looks. This is a three-year-old video game now, and it is still one of the best-looking video games that I have ever played. And it's not just the graphics, it's the design, and Mm -hmm. it's absolutely unbelievable. I mean, why would we play bad games, honestly? That is true. We get all those highs. We should actually have a bad game club. That would be pretty funny. Okay. I mean, there's got to be, there's got to be a game that one of us really likes that is unequivocally bad, but we still enjoy it. We both have to like it. That's the problem. Yeah. That's, that'd be a challenge. That's, that's a challenge to undertake at some point. I accept. Okay. So the beauty of this game, right? Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Absolutely breathtaking. I mean, just everything about it. And it's like when you think about the world that they're in, where didn't they go in the world? <laughs> like it's yeah, just it is a absolutely globe-trotting vast. treasure hunt, this one. Yeah, they're all over the place. They are constantly changing locations and the different dynamics of the landscapes. And it's just sometimes you're inside, sometimes you're outside, sometimes you're climbing cliffs, sometimes you're in caves and swimming under things. Like there is, there are so many places that this game takes you and every single place is just as stunning as the last. Yeah, you're in uh, Panama... Italy, Scotland, Madagascar, then you're kind of in like a fabled place, Libertalia. I don't actually know if that if it was kind of set in a specific place, but like there's just like a handful of the many places that you go to throughout this game. Yeah, it's it, that's what makes it so fun and dynamic. And then different languages too that you get, interact with when mm-hmm. you have um, street scenes with people. And I just I love that they did that. They stretched it out like that and where wait where else were we where, wasn't the the very beginning the prologue somewhere too like in yeah. a city yeah like it was city? in it was in a big city like you're in i don't remember exactly where it is but it, it's probably somewhere in america right would be my expectation but i'm not sure where because he's in yeah. the kind of the orphanage yeah you're just all over the place you're in mansions and you're in people's houses it's just it's it's everywhere one of my favorite things about this game like to realize is the work that they put into make some of these areas so stunningly beautiful and a lot of it is like the the outside areas are the best right like when you have these beautiful cliffs and water and you have all of this like just these wonderful wonderful vistas and views i feel like you are constantly just walking past or running through and not paying attention to some of the most beautiful things you've ever seen in a video game because every area is so unbelievably crafted at a certain point, you kind of just get numb to it a little bit. And it's really funny when there are certain parts in the game where the camera kind of gets taken away from you for a moment while you're walking because mm-hmm. they're like, all right, you, you have to appreciate this one <laughs> because we worked <laughs> really hard on this one. Yeah, the hyper realism in this game is just absolutely extraordinary. And it just it goes down to the details even of like the particles mm-hmm. that are floating in mm-hmm. the air in the different environments. I just it. They they put they put that into the air. Mm-hmm. It's the air. Like it should be just blank, but it's not because it's not in real life. And it's like there was that one moment where I got distracted by a dandelion seed floating by <laughs> during a shootout. And it's like 
<laughs> like someone made that decision to be like, you know what? There's a giant shootout happening, but you know, I'm just going to make a little dandelion seed floating by. And I was like, oh, look at that. And you're like, focus, focus on what's happening in front of you. But it's like, you can't because you get so engrossed in this environment and Naughty Dog is just, they're extraordinary with this. It's it is a multi-year development process, right? So I think the game was in development for three years. And it is interesting to see a game like this one when you see, you realize like you are going above and beyond. Like there are things that you are putting into this game that are super nice to have, but they don't actually need to be here. And like there was this one moment when you're in this, you're in Libertalia, which is this pirate island basically it's like this this like community that's been built by pirates and we're in this kind of library area and Mm -hmm. you climb up on top of these bookshelves and it's all dusty and you leave footprints as you're walking along in the dust it's like i love that you did it but why did you feel the need to do this like it's unbelievable (laughs) yeah some of those little tiny details that they put in it's like wow you really considered what it would feel like to be moving in and out of this environment yep. in a very, very real way. If we're talking about the art style, I want to talk about the literal art that goes into this game, and it's Nathan's notebook. The wonderful, wonderful artist that is Nathan Drake. <laughs> I love his sketches so mm-hmm. much. I like that they very much customize an art style to a person. Mm-hmm. And they have that in the notebook. And it's really crazy that you can ignore it the entire game. You know, you can almost miss it. They put all of this work into his detailed sketches that are in the notebook. And you can forget to look. There have been a couple of times when we were playing and you're like, go check the notebook. Go check out his drawing. Go check out the notebook. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm so engrossed in everything else. Because you never actually see, like, it shows him drawing something. But then he just closes the book. Like, they don't Mm -hmm. show you it, which is even crazier, right? Like, you'd figure that he would do it, they would show you it, and then you would have to close the notebook. But they're just like, no, like, it's just there if you want it, right? Like, it's this, it is another example of this, like, incredible love and care that has been put into this video game. And it is, like, everywhere. I mean, we'll talk, we're going to talk a bit in a bit about, like, the relationships and stuff, but it's, it's throughout the entire game, they go above and beyond to create. Something that they never needed to do, right? Like, this is an adventure game with pirate treasure. And some of the lengths that they go to to make this a more well-rounded and fully fleshed out game, it's just, it's unbelievable. I think it's a real testament to, they wanted they wanted more people to enjoy this game than just people who are interested in, like, a standard shooting game, right? Like, th- this is so much more, and it's, so cinematic and deeper and it has all these little details for the people like us who just really want to appreciate that sometimes in a video game so uh your other wonderful finds the ones i missed you at least take any pictures i wish elena filmed some of it but camera didn't make it that's too bad i have some drawings though when we get back i'll show you you have drawings what, are they up on the fridge or something? No, I, they're good drawings. I can't wait. It, it kind of reminds me of, like, you know, you, if you're a type of person who likes to find the little themes in a movie, right? Like, you're watching a movie and you want to find the things like, oh, what was the director doing, right? Like, what were the little hints that they were trying to throw in? It reminds me of that kind of stuff where 
sometimes you can see things that are so extra and you know that it was made by somebody and it really can kind of connect you to how the thing was made in the first place. Like you feel the love and attention in it. And I just think that that's, it's just a very, it makes it a very special experience more so than just appreciating it for what it is. You can feel a little bit about what it was like to put it together. And I think that that makes it really special. How do you feel about Easter eggs? I don't think we've ever talked about that before. Are you like a seeker of Easter eggs or at least like go back and read and find out where things are? Or is it just like, oh, sometimes it's nice to know that they're there or you completely ignore them? I always appreciate them when I find them. But I wouldn't say that I go out of my way to search for them. Okay. Yeah, I'm about I'm about the same. I think the joy of an Easter egg is discovering it yourself, right? Yes. And so, you know, and, and every now and then I might like look at some trivia for something or whatever. And you find a little bit in there, but... I always really appreciate when I can find these things on my own without without the help of like because this, this is something where it goes against my usual nature of get, needing guides. Um, but the Easter eggs are they're superfluous, they're extras, right? Like I don't I don't need them, but I do enjoy them when I find them. Did we notice any in this? I can't remember. Yes, but you wouldn't have recognized them as much. There are lots and lots of Easter eggs in this game that refer to previous Uncharted games, because. There was there is a theme in this game of nostalgia for the previous games, because you know it's like Nathan Drake's final hurrah. So if mm-hmm. you've been playing the Uncharted games for like a decade or whatever, then you would probably feel pretty nostalgic for Nathan's journey here, because like there are a bunch of things like for example in the beginning with the um, the Nerf gun in the attic, right? Mm-hmm which is an incredible way to teach you how to use the shooting mechanic in a video game. I was just going to say that. It is. It's so much fun. It's so silly and yep. wonderful and light. And yeah, that that was a nice, nice little touch. Because again, it was like they even... So this. So in case you've never played the game, which you should, um, but you start one of the things in the beginning, you're in Nathan's house and you go upstairs and there's all these artifacts laying around that he kind of references and talks about. And they are the kind of the references and the Easter eggs about the previous games, right? Like about his previous experiences. But then you pick up a Nerf gun and there are these targets and you start shooting at the targets. And that's kind of how you learn targeting in the game. But even in something again, which is like, oh, you've already elevated the idea of a training level. But then they go another step by, they have this just incredible dialogue throughout the entire thing where Nathan's taking it really seriously Mm-hmm. And it's like you do, you don't actually need to go to those levels to create the, this character. And, and another Easter egg is Crash Bandicoot. It's very in your face, but it's like a referency type thing. You know, like you play Crash Bandicoot um, on the PlayStation at a couple of points in this game. That was a huge deal to people at the time. It unfortunately did not have the effect on you because you have no nostalgia for Crash Bandicoot because you didn't play it. Right. But right. I remember when that first happened and it was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I, I wish I felt it. I wish I want to feel that nostalgia for that, but I just don't. But yeah, it's that's, that's just like a beautiful, beautiful moment. And I love a little Easter egg, I think. Speaking of Easter eggs, should we open the loot box? Oh yeah, okay, let's do that. <laughs> that's like an Easter egg, right? You open eggs. Oh, okay. I see where you're going now. All right. <laughs> no, I mean... no, no. It's fine. I was thinking, I don't know, like maybe like a shiny Fabergé egg. 
That's oh, too much. the loot box that's is like a Fabergé egg. Okay. <laughs> no, that's, that's too shiny. I'm thinking treasure. I have treasure on the mind. You definitely do. Fabergé eggs. That Fabergé eggs feel like only a thing that exists in heist movies. <laughs> Probably. Right? I exist in a heist movie. Let's well, be real. that's true. And there is a heist in the beginning of this video game as well, yes, which was very is. on point for you. You had me at heist movie. <laughs> there you go. It took us about 26 hours, I think, to play through this entire game. Um, you can watch the entire playthrough. I don't think we mentioned, to, we, didn't, we didn't really focus on it yet, but this is the first time that Tiff has played a solo game with me watching. Um, yep. So you can go and see that. It's, a different, it's been a bit of a different experience. Uh, and we'll talk about this later, but there's also some videos where we were together as well. So the, there's a lot of really great content on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash playingforfunfm. And as always, we have our wonderful Jelly commissioned artwork for each episode. And this episode art is fantastic. You can go and see that over on our Instagram, which is at playing for fun FM. And this time, I love that you are <laughs> dressed as Sully. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really good. It's really good. And I'm dodging some sweet bullets. So, yep. Right. I don't think I'm going to dodge those bullets as well. It's it's not looking good for me in this one. Sully's kind of spry when he needs to be. I saw him climbing some cliffs. That's true. So That's true. It is. Mm-hmm. He can hang. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Burrow. Burrow makes simple, innovative furniture for modern life at home. By now, you've heard me talk about how amazing Burrow is, and there are loads of other people who love the comfort of Burrow too, and I want to share a couple of reviews with you from some of their customers. One reviewer says, Burrow has nailed it on quality craftsmanship and customer service. Another says it was incredibly easy to set up. It only took 20 minutes. We love how versatile it is. Being able to switch the shares is huge. Uh, I look, borrow stuff is awesome. You can take it from their customers. You can take it from me. They really think about this stuff, making it really super easy for you to get a sofa into your home for you to set it up and to have it customized in just the way that you want. Burrow's clever design means that it's easy to set up, easy to move, or easy to add and remove seats as needed. And their sofas feature naturally scratch and stain-resistant fabric as well, with sturdy hardwood frames and soft, non-toxic foam cushions. Who wants a toxic foam cushion? Not me. (laughs) No way. There's even a built-in USB charger to make your life that much easier. And it's super customizable. You can choose from five fabric colors, three leg finishes two armrest styles and many many more i have another idea for burrow okay i i keep coming up with genius ideas what we could do with these i'm pretty sofas. sure this is the reason the only reason they keep sponsoring is because they want to hear your amazing ideas <laughs> that it's totally it and i'm willing to accept that mm-hmm. all right because they're so easily movable as you say and customizable mm-hmm. and you can get all different pieces and you have your wonderful non-toxic cushions mm-hmm. okay ready mm-hmm. couch fort i knew you were gonna say that yes you can stack them you can build a fort in your living room out of couches like Mm -hmm. normally as a child you would use you know just some pillows and some cushions and some blankets oh no you can go full adult fort with the whole like stacking of the couches and the pieces and moving them around and like tilting them up and and you know tpeing them a little bit like that would be awesome you could build mega couch you could totally build mega couch Double-decker couch. Mm-hmm. Triple-decker. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Borrow have just launched their Nomad Leather Collection, featuring the same convenient design, but now with the option of top-grain Italian leather upholstery. That would be a sweet fort. <laughs> with an Italian <laughs> leather le- fort? Italian leather fort? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's a high-end hipster fort right there. If you're in the market for a new sofa, 
or for give your living room the upgrade that it deserves with a borrow sofa. You can get $75 off and free one week shipping by going to borrow.com slash playing for fun. That's $75 off a new sofa and free one week shipping when you go to borrow.com slash playing for fun. That's B-U-R-R-O-W.com slash playing for fun for $75 off a new sofa and borrow stands by their furniture with a risk-free 30-day return period. Our thanks to borrow for their continued support of this show and Relay FM. And if you want to find out when we are doing Twitch streams or basically anything that we're up to and our artwork, you can go over on Twitter at Playing for Fun FM on Twitter. You sure can. Um, mm-hmm. Subscribe to us on Twitch if you ever hang around. We'd love to see you there. Um, we stream typically every Friday at around 10.30 a.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash playingforfunfm. And if you're enjoying the show, please make sure to tell a friend, especially if you know, like if there's a game that uh, maybe a friend of yours likes and we've spoken about it, send them the episode. You never know. They might enjoy it. All right. Shall we get back to it? We have uh-huh. a lot to talk about. Yeah. Let's put the egg away. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> put away the Fabergé egg, close mm-hmm. it up. Mm-hmm. Does, it, does it make a noise? Do they squeak or you think that they're just so well made that they I don't squeak I feel like if you had a squeaky Fabergé egg, it would be kind of annoying. I think it would be really funny if in future episodes we refer to this as the Fabergé egg section and people would be like, what is happening? Where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Let's open the Fabergé egg. Oh, oh okay. God. <laughs> I don't want to do this. Yes, you do. <laughs> Shh. Oh, this I'm on the Fabergé egg Wikipedia page now. <laughs> okay. No, you gotta you gotta leave leave the egg. We need to talk about mechanics. Okay. Are we talking about regular mechanics or egg mechanics? Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> let me send me that page. Let me see. There's some really weird stuff on here. <laughs> we need to get we've got a lot to cover let's just get focus focus leave focus. the egg focus focus <laughs> <laughs> All right, so as somebody who's played this game for the first time, I'm interested in what you thought about the many, many different things that you actually get up to in this game. Oh my gosh, what don't you get up to in this game? You have cinematic storytelling, you have puzzles, you have a heist level, you have climbing, you have stealth, you have fighting and shooting, you have diving, you have... Oh, sorry, not diving. You have driving. There is some diving. There is some diving also, actually. Now you can't edit that. There you go. I know. Uh, <laughs> damn it. But seriously, what the heck does this game not have? It has everything. It but lets it you go through But it doesn't feel everything. like they are overpacking it. Like, it doesn't feel like that they're throwing these things in just for the sake of it. It all no. has its place. It all makes sense. It all flows together yeah. and everything gives you a break for something else in a really wonderful way. And there's just there's so many different mechanics to even consider because of all of these different pieces of this giant game puzzle i want to i want to focus on the cinematic storytelling a little bit because this is one of the hallmarks of the uncharted series where there are parts of the game where both you and the game itself are playing the game together Right, where mm-hmm. they change something, they like change a camera angle, or they do a lot of like wild cuts, and there's like this huge action set piece that's unfolding. Whether it's like a tank chasing you down the street, or a building <laughs> is collapsing and you having mm-hmm. to run through it, like this is 
they, like they Naughty Dog really kind of pioneered this way of playing a video game and keep pushing it forward. Like I have never played a game like Uncharted 4 that has I mean all games try to do this like and use the quick time events and stuff like that. But the way that Naughty Dog blend in your typical movement and control of the game with the cinematic stuff is kind of incredible. Like it is adrenaline pumping it is flawless at points. Like they they execute this absolutely perfectly without overdoing it. They don't do this for every chapter. There's like only a handful of these moments throughout the entire game, but every time they happen, it's like oh we're in for it now. Like we're about to go <laughs> on something because you can feel it starting to begin, and you know that you're about to be in for something incredible. And every single time, it seems to surprise me too. Yes. When I, while I was playing, it's like they they mix it up with a different camera angle or a different button that you have to repeatedly press in order to make it through. They don't just have it be like, okay, here's the cinematic area where you slightly interact with everything and you do this one thing every single time. Yep. It, it It's it's completely variable and it takes you by surprise. And I love that. Like my favorite is the one when you're climbing up that like clock tower and somebody shoots it with an RPG and it starts to fall down. And then mm-hmm. you're just kind of like running through. But like... You're actually just controlling the game as normal, but there's so much stuff happening and it's like seamlessly blending with cinematic stuff, which they do a really good job of in in a load of different areas. Like when you jump from a high height and punch somebody in the face, like the way that they absolutely perfectly tie those actions together is kind of incredible at points where it feels like it always feels like you are doing more than you thought you were doing. Like they they have this way of just making you feel like the best person has ever played this video game. But they give you that joy of that agency because if you just let go of the controller, you totally die, right? Exactly. But for some reason, the adrenaline is in you and you just feel like you need to react just like the character needs to react and you just do it. And yep. then you feel like you are the, the most triumphant game player of all time. And you're like, oh, I just did that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I didn't and there die. are so many games that fall back on the quick time event. So like you're watching yep. something unfold, just to press triangle at the right time then circle at the right time. And that's just not, that's not it. You didn't do it right. Like, and this game has a little bit of that, but it typically is in different moments when they're yeah. really doing the big action pieces. You are typically having, pretty regular control over nathan and i think that makes it super fun oh like when you're climbing inside that clock tower and everything starts falling down yes all the gears are falling oh my god it's so good Duh, there's just so many good moments like that but uh, there's other parts where you have some of the most agency and that is when you're solving all the puzzles mm-hmm. that are all over this game there's a lot of puzzles but there aren't too many puzzles and they're not crazy hard and they don't repeat the mechanic over and over again you don't do the same kind of puzzle over and over again they have different puzzles all the time which Mm -hmm. is really good because i don't mind a game like an adventure type game having puzzles but if i feel like i'm repeating the same like oh you've just going to move these blocks around kind of puzzle it would it would annoy me and i think they do a good job of they're all within a similar kind of sphere of the type of thing that you're doing they're all kind of steampunky <laughs> they're, yeah they're all very steampunky pirates <laughs> pirates love steampunk um pirate technology is incredible really when you think about it they, they oh, do a really yeah. good job they are elevators and clever barnacles and, and all kinds of nonsense um I, I they actually refer to so this game also has a lot of really good like self-referential moments 
where you know it's it's like they kind of refer to a lot of this stuff or they make jokes about themselves and and i like that the game is like very tongue-in-cheek at moments about like referencing the fact that like wow this is pretty complex like the stuff that's happening like how did they do this and there's like uh, another moment that i like that that one is is this a moment where nate's like oh this exit's covered in debris again (laughs) which i just thought was really funny and that's I do I like that and you pointed that out that it actually was a tongue-in-cheek moment because I decided to make fun of it and be like oh the game developers ran out of things to do so they put Mm -hmm. another boulder in front of a passageway and you're like no 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 they're actually making fun of that actual thing and it's like oh okay now I like it even better climbing is such a huge part of this game you climb and climb and climb now Another game that we have played, which involves lots of climbing, is The Legend of Zelda, right? Like Breath of the Wild. So mm-hmm. I would like to know... And Celeste, actually. It is about Celeste. climbing a mountain. Yeah. yeah. But I think the closest but the closest like analog is, would be would be Zelda, right? Because you're like of, climbing yes. an a- actual cliff faces to traverse the environment. So I'm intrigued, because obviously Uncharted is not a open world game. It is very mm-hmm. much a go from point A to point B type of video game. So I'm intrigued to know what you think about the climbing in Uncharted and how it compares to something like Breath of the Wild. I really liked the climbing in Uncharted because even though there is kind of a more distinct path of where you are and and are allowed to go, which gets highlighted in really subtle ways, and they still tend to make it pretty dynamic because you can choose different paths Mm -hmm. it's restricted which ones you can choose but you can and sometimes the paths just lead you to a dead end Mm -hmm. which make you feel like you actually have to solve the climbing puzzle in order to get to where you need to go and there were multiple times where i've got completely stuck and just went the wrong way and it was like well that's the end of that i Mm -hmm. just i can't go any further and i just have to die (laughs) and start over and i liked a lot of times i had dialogue for that as well you know, mm-hmm. like Nate and Sam are running around together. It's like, oh, well, this isn't the way. And it's just yep. like, oh, I like that you did that. Like, I like that you built a bad way and then actually built some dialogue to go with it. Man, there's no way up under that bridge. Well, there's that exposed beam underneath. Oh, you think you can rope it? Do I think I can rope it? <laughs> Watch this. I'm watching. I, uh, I missed. Uh, see, it's uh, it's all in the wrist. Here, let me see it. Yeah, because it really made you feel like you weren't just getting funneled through the game because it was allowing you to make these mistakes, mm-hmm. even though they were very specifically crafted mistakes that they were giving you. And I like the subtle hints that they provided of where you could and where you couldn't climb. So the whole climbing dynamic in this was a lot of fun and at first, I was like, oh, we're just going to be climbing a whole bunch. But then I got really into it. And I started really looking forward to all of the climbing breaks that mm-hmm. you would have. Because then you can enjoy the environment a ton. Because that's these are the times that you can really focus on the beautiful vistas or the really cool, well-designed rubble falling apart buildings. And I love a dilapidated building. So getting to climb around in one is pretty awesome to me so i i i really like the way they did the climbing i like the how they had the grappling hook involved with it that's a fun that's a fun addition the grappling hook the gra- and especially the uh the pythons those yeah. are also i love that i just wish i had a second one i just want to go like a spider monkey and just climb those cliffs it's awesome <laughs> but yeah i i i really 
enjoyed the climbing in this game, I think a little bit more than Breath of the Wild, because even though Breath of the Wild gives you free range to climb anything, the climbing is repetitive and a little monotonous because you are just climbing. And sometimes you're just holding down that climbing button, like Mm. just working through your donut and you're just... If you can climb everything, then there is less challenge it, well it's just like sometimes you're just waiting to climb a yeah, giant cliff yeah, like you yeah. get the you get enough stamina and then it's just a waiting game with your finger on the button with this game i feel like if you need to climb a cliff you can't just climb straight up you have to go to the side and drop down and go over this way and climb up on top of this right. and then swing and then and then grab and then you have to be slide. way more engaged yes it's so much more interactive you can climb in zelda and scroll instagram right you just like mm-hmm. you know you, all i'm doing <laughs> is going up i'll just wait but the, not a single second in this game did I think of picking up my phone. Exactly. Not a that single second. Uh, no. But there, there is like one thing that frustrates me about this game compared to something like a Zelda is like what we call like the tiny jumps when yeah. it looks like knowing everything you know about Nathan, he should be able to climb up this bookcase and just stand on top of it. But you can't. Yes. And he does this like tiny little jump with his little T-Rex He's arms. Like, eh. And he can't, <laughs> can't get and he it. can't get up there. And, and it's like, well, that's it. That's the thing where it's like, okay. You could, though, and just like, I want to stand on the top of this bookcase to get a better view of this room, and mm-hmm. you won't let me. And, and But in Zelda, you 100% would be able to do that. And so it's just like, that's that's like a big difference between these games, where it's like the open world versus it being a little bit more on rails. Um, but I do agree with you that, like, if it was, if you could climb kind of anything, it maybe wouldn't be as fun they would have to go to some real extreme lengths to add that challenge back in again um and i and i think i think that they have a good balance i also really like how the things that you can grab onto are very subtly highlighted like, mm-hmm. it is not in your face but it's there for you to find it um and I, I think that they do that in such a great way where it's you know the things that you can climb the edges are just a little bit more worn or they protrude a little bit and maybe they caught the light a little right like they really I really love that this game doesn't try to break the fourth wall too much. Like there's a there's an environment where you have you're in a boat and you have to go from place to place, right? You're finding these little arrows, like you're you're following a path, mm-hmm. and yes. the arrows are literally these huge arrows sunk into the ocean. Where I think in other video games they might just show you an arrow but like not in Uncharted. And I think that that's, that's cool. They, they try not to break you out from Nathan too much, right? Like you, you can only know what Nathan can know. And I think that's kind of cool. I think it's because it's built into the game that you are literally following a map of puzzles mm-hmm. all over the world. Yep. So it's the characters in the game are essentially playing a game with what they're doing as part of the story. In a lot of instances in this game, you can kind of make a choice. You can you can go stealthily or you can just run into an environment and try and shoot everybody. Um, what <laughs> did you think of the stealth uh, in general in this game? And having now played the whole thing, what is your preferred modus operandi? Do you like to be stealthy or do you like to just all guns blazing? What the? I like the stealth in this game. I think it's really manageable. And it doesn't, the balance, that's what makes this game so good. The balance is there really, really well, where they let you kind of enter into a combat section where you can start off stealthy, which is what I 
tend to like to do first. And then you can enter into a more shootout combat situation after some stealth. So I like the idea that it doesn't punish you for choosing either. You can choose fully one way, fully the other way, a combination of the two. You can even try and get yourself back into stealth mode after you like had a big shootout in one section, hide for a little while and then go back to it. It makes it more realistic, I guess, if you were in this situation. But it also, for me as the player, while I was playing through it, it gave me a sense of control that I can vary what I need to do at the time for the situation. So I I really liked that I was able to choose the strategy and the game let me do that. And in pretty much every instance, it is possible to do so, right? Like you have the Mm -hmm. ability to clear an area either way. And there were a couple areas where we just like (laughs) shot our way through the whole thing. And then another one where like stealth completely all the way Mm -hmm. and then other ones a combination and so that's what it kept the battle scenes feeling variable because i was able to assess the situation and address them with a variety of tactics in order to be successful and get through and what is your preferred typical method though Ah, <laughs> uh, I usually end up just shooting my way through. There you go. <laughs> I do <laughs> stealth a little bit first, and then I'm just I can't. It's just it takes it's tedious. <sighs> I just need to start shooting. <laughs> I'm very much like that. I can take a little bit of stealth, but I don't have the patience. Yeah. And as soon yep. as I get as soon as I get spotted, it's like all right, I'm just gonna go for it now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now it's shooting time. What did you think about the shooting mechanics in general? I know you don't play a ton of games where gunplay is so heavy, and it is very heavy in this game. So what was your kind of feeling about the mechanics of shooting? Did you find it easy to do? Did you, how did you find the aiming, that kind of stuff? Well, we had the aiming all the way up, the aiming, but we didn't have aim assist on. No, you had a little bit of aim assist on, but you didn't have the automatic like locking onto enemies. Right, right, right. And... In my opinion, you, it's bonkers to play without any aim assist. There's a reason they turn it on for you. It is really different. turns out you're not a master marks person, and nope. you may nope. as well have a nope. little bit of help. And this nope. isn't just you. I mean, like, everyone <laughs> yeah. playing this game, right? Yeah, you have to be pretty uh pretty into games to get this, yeah. to get that right. If you're playing, like, 25 hours of Call of Duty every single day, online you probably wouldn't need this but if you just pick up one of these games every now and then then a little bit of assistance is good i guess yeah you're right you're right but yeah i (laughs) i i liked it i thought it was really manageable but yet tricky enough to be a challenge i don't like shooting mechanics where i feel like i'm just constantly fighting my way to get one shot perfectly or or so this was really it was fun it I hate to say that it feels weird to talk about a game being like, oh yeah, killing all these people was super fun, but it was. You are and allowed that's what these games are for. as a human being a little escapism. <laughs> okay, thank right? you. Right, you are allowed to have that. Well, they were they were baddies. So, you know. Well, there is a whole question of like, <laughs> why is this they? adventure killing everybody? But we don't need to talk about that. We don't need to talk Mm-mm. about that. No, uh, no. You, well, you are allowed to have a little escapism. And if you want to go into a video game and like shoot a bunch of people, it's fine. As long as you are a well-adjusted human enough to know that you don't want to do that. 
Okay. We'll right? say that that's what it is. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. We'll say that that's what it is. For now, <laughs> we will just say that I'm not interested in that. And we'll talk about the rest later. What do you think about the driving? I like the driving. I like that they, they have some relatively simple driving levels in this game. They have really good driving. Yeah. I thought the controls of the Jeep and the way it was able to move and the surfaces it could go across, it was so incredibly realistic because it felt like you really could drive it anywhere mm-hmm. and get stuck. And we were making all these jokes about winches and everything. And then it turns out there was a winch on. It was just, there were so many wonderful and What's so things. great about the winch, you have to actually wrap it around the tree yourself. I yes. think that, that like, the, it's again, it's like the levels that they go to every other game you'd go up to the tree and press x and then you'd see a little animation of the Mm -hmm. winch being wrapped around but no in this game you pull out the winch and you physically walk around the tree and then you can hook it on like i just think stuff like that is just so brilliant (laughs) again with the winch sully pretty handy right i wasn't against getting the winch i was against getting ripped off yeah they're so much more that you could do with the driving in this game than i ever thought you would be able to do with driving in other games. And there's that whole shootout scene with the driving. Get out of the way! Whoa, whoa, whoa. Careful. It's that goddamn truck again. Oh, that was a difficult one. Oh, yeah, it was tricky, but it was still really fun. And it was just... I, I appreciate the driving. A lot of times I feel like driving levels are thrown into games like minecart levels. You know, it's like, oh... There it is. Everyone mm-hmm. does their driving level. Everyone does their minecart level. Everyone does it's this just kind an of outside level. Outside minecart level, really. It is really. Yeah. Especially some of those terrains that you have to go through. Yep. But it it made it really, really well. And I was um later on when we talk about sound design, I was watching a video all about their sound design process. And it went into a lot about the Jeep itself and they did so much field testing like they even filmed the tires individually moving so that the graphic designers would be able to show exactly how the tires would spin and move and adjust and react to all the different surfaces that they actually went over in the game they field tested all of that and i think that that's what makes the driving levels even better because they really considered the the sounds that it makes the the way the tires move like the way that the jeep even feels and the reaction that it gives to the players they they invested i i could just imagine an entire game worth of time and staff and money just being invested in the jeep sections of this game which were fairly minimal compared to everything else that you had to do this game has an interesting way of dealing with with health, and I thought I understood it one way, and then one, and then we were playing some crushing on the crushing, crushing. level, which we'll talk, maybe talk about a little bit later. We were playing you some have of that to say on the stream crushing. yesterday. Crushing yesterday. There you go. And uh, one of our wonderful Twitch audience members, DMC, sent me um, some information about the way that health actually does work in this game. Because what happens is when you're in a shootout, the screen starts to go gray and you see these red lines like appearing. And I always thought that 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 was when Nate was getting shot and the red was blood, right? And that you were kind of then you'd have to hide to regenerate your health. And we were talking about how much we like that because you don't have to like look for health packs, which can be really annoying Mm -hmm. and kind of unrealistic in a lot of games. But it turns out that this is actually what uh, what is considered a luck system, 
where every time you're seeing one of these red lines pop up on the screen from a different direction, you're not actually being shot. That is a bullet just missing you. And the screen is going, is fading to black as Nate's uh, luck is running out. And when you get shot the first time, that is also your last time. So as his luck runs out and, and it gets like less lucky and less lucky and less lucky, he's going to get hit and then you're going to die. So Nate dies on one bullet every time, which makes perfect sense considering yep. he is a human being. Yeah, it's kind of genius. And when mm-hmm. you really think about it, even the other deaths that happen, like when you fall, it's instantly to black and white, right? Yes. Like, so that's really, really clever. And it, is wonderful because it never gets in the way of the gameplay. And I, I love that about the health system. And I don't think I can't think of any other game that has a health mechanic that like we that. know of, right? We didn't know that this was that the case I know of that game. I've, that I've ever played anyway. Yeah. And so that was in- extremely enjoyable part of this that I never expected. And no one ever mentions sense. that. It makes sense. Cause there were parts of this game where like, you are playing as an injured Nate and you're moving slowly. And I was always like, yes. but this doesn't make sense because he gets shot all the time. But no, he never does. Never does. Yep, he never gets shot. So make that I'm so glad we figured this out or we didn't figure it out. Someone told us because mm-hmm. it is, it's a really cool way to think of it now. So I want to get your opinion on the characters of this game, but I wanted to mention one last part of kind of like this, this the mechanics of this game, which is camera mode. Yeah, (laughs) it's like this whole thing built into the video game to allow you to take pictures at any point so you have all extra it's so extra have all these settings like there was a setting called chromatic aberration i don't even know what that does (laughs) but like you can adjust the depth of field you can remove characters you can remove enemies you can change like you can add vignettes and tilt shift the like it's just basically Another example of the love and care of this game, the developers just want to give you excuses to appreciate how beautiful their game is and share those images. I feel like the only thing this game is missing is like a social media platform. Like that you need like It could be in there somewhere. <laughs> you just need like some group texting going on or or like a little chat room or something somewhere. So just because it was set in the nineties, if it was in the modern day, you'd mm-hmm. be you'd be great. All right. So there's a bunch of characters in this game. I want to run through the main characters that we interact with, and I want to get your opinions on them, like what you thought about them, what you liked, just like some overall feelings. So obviously we'll start with Nathan, Nathan Drake. No, you got to go, Nathan! Nathan! So we'll start with Nathan. Uh, What is your opinion of the the hero character? Uh, This looks promising. I see him as the love child of Indiana Jones and Lara Croft. Yep. Yep. (laughs) That's, That's how I see him. I... I like him a lot. I find him to be a wonderful character that doesn't feel like they embody anything super specific. So regardless of who you are as the player, you can kind of imprint a little bit more onto Nathan than you normally would a really strong, specific character, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, He has his traits that are very him but at the same time he he is a little bit more of a blank canvas when it comes to a uh the main protagonist than i think normally you would see does that make sense yeah i think so i think it does i like that he has a personality but it's it's jovial right like Mm -hmm. he's a nice guy he's a smart guy um, he seems to be like thoughtful, but again, like it's none of these things are too strong that you feel like 
you are particularly having to control an individual, like you still feel some agency over him, even though mm-hmm. they've, they have created a story and an idea and, and a personality for the guy. Um, we play a lot of the game uh, alongside Sam, who's Nate's brother. What did you think of Sam? This was supposed to be it. So where's the goddamn treasure, huh? I... I was okay with Sam. I like Sam as a child better. I thought he okay. was a nicer kid. There's a part where you actually do play as Sam, which is another section that sometimes it's easy to forget because this game is so giant. I do. I have literally no memory of you playing as Sam. Yeah, you play as Sam as you're escaping from prison with your whole... Oh, uh, that's at the very beginning, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I forgot about Hector, that. Right? Yeah, I forgot about yeah. that. There was a part in the middle of the game where you brought up the idea of trusting Sam and... It until you said that it didn't occur to me not mm-hmm. to trust Sam. I just kind of saw him as a, a man pushed too far mm-hmm. a little bit, and he has this overwhelming driving force to find this treasure. He's unattached, so therefore his attachment is adventuring and finding this treasure, and he kind of does that at any cost. So I think that Sam is necessary to push Nathan mm-hmm. and Nathan is enough of a he doesn't have that super strong will like Sam does that he's going to go along with Sam. And so I I like their dynamic. I like the bond that they have as brothers. I I just I really enjoy the relationship that they have. I I, I just like these characters. They're very they're easy to to accept and they're easy to move through the story with. Yeah, there was like there's a point in the game where I think you're supposed to start having some distrust for Sam, mm-hmm. and you never brought it up. It's subtle, right? So, but so I just wanted to like question you at that point, or like at least at the point where I remember questioning. You did. Him. You 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 said the question, and then they said something in the dialogue that I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> it was literally like moments later. It was like there it is. I don't know if I trust Sam. There's a mercenary group called Shoreline who you're fighting against for the majority of this game because they're trying to find the treasure alongside you. They are run by a character by the name of Nadine. Um, what do you think of Nadine? You have something I want, and you're going to give it to me. I I thought she was really strong and awesome, mm-hmm. and, and even terrifying. though she, and terrifying, <laughs> but even though she's an auxiliary character, essentially she has some significant development yep. throughout this game, and I. I like that. You don't pigeonhole her in any way once you see the, you know, the the game start to finish. And I I I like that they had such a strong, powerful woman that was just like taking care of business. Like she was doing her job. Fantastic. At many, many times in this game, she beats the hell out of you. Yep, she does. She does. Yep. And I think they do, I want to get your opinion on this, I think that they do a very good job in this game of balancing Nate and Sam's violence towards her, where they're not holding back, like they are Mm -hmm. trying to fight with her, and most of the time the hits do not land, but there are a couple of times where they do, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to know what your thoughts were on that. I think they do it, the game developers write nadine and her rivalry with sam and nate perfectly because they give her strength and they give her like really strong aggressive tendencies and they don't let nate and sam kind of 
just back off of that. They, but yet at the same time, there is some respect there between the, mm-hmm. the, all the characters. And it's just, it was a really, really delicate line that they were dancing down. And mm-hmm. I think they just did it really well because at no point do I feel like they are letting her go because she's a woman. Yep. But at the same time, I don't think that it feels like the idea of two men against a woman it, it, that they are being overly violent towards that woman at all. I think that it's just it feels like this wonderful level playing field yep. that I think a lot of women really want to see in in their media. And it's like no one is getting pitched as the weaker and no one's getting pitched as being overly aggressive and hurtful towards the other. So it's just people at this point. And I think that it's really hard sometimes to write just people. And that's exactly what they did. I like that there are kind of two instances where you're fighting her on her own and you really get to see who she is. So then mm-hmm. there is that final kind of fight where it's Nate and Sam versus Nadine. And at that point, you're like, yeah, she could probably do this. And I yeah. and I like that she has earned that, right? Like mm-hmm. at that point, you're kind of like, yeah, okay, right? Like I could, I could conceivably <laughs> see this happening. And you have that fight and she comes out doing pretty well on it. And it's like... Yeah. But it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like they are doing it for the sake of it. And and one of the things that I like about this video game, especially when looking at these things, is it was made in 2016 and was released in 2016. Way before a lot of this stuff had a lot of focus on it. Like I think if you release this game today, it would be criticized for going too far, right? For like trying to overbalance the female characters just so they could, so like Naughty Dog could cash in a chip and be like, oh, look how equal we are, right? Like, I think that there is an element of, of thinking that could be placed on that. But they were doing this a long time ago, right? And they were building their characters this way because it felt right to them and because mm-hmm. there's no reason why it shouldn't be this way. And I really like that they took that stance then. So now when we look at a game like this, it's just way more believable and it feels more accurate. And so I really like that. Me too. So what about Elena then? So what was this? Some kind of wealthy pirate suicide cult? I also really like her. She's a strong woman in a different way. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's physically strong, but not quite like Nadine. No, she's not She's not <laughs> like laying into some dudes, but like she can carry no, herself she's climbing and climb. Those and, like, yeah. Yep. And I, I like how... She very much holds her own. I like how she doesn't just become the wife character. I like that she gets her own chance to develop and to have a problem with what's going on with Nate. And it's it's not just like she's the wife that storms away. Mm-hmm. You know, she becomes the rescuer at and a she point. She actually storms in is what she yeah, does. She, yeah, she is doing some of the storming in. And I like that they didn't take any of the easy like tropes of of the wife and give that to her she is very much her own and we get a chance to realize that kind of along with nathan it's like he knew the type of woman that she was the whole time but now he really knows and i like that as the audience we were learning that 
too. And we, she never, she never came across as weak or vulnerable. And I, I really, really like her character. I especially like her relationship with Nathan. So she, she comes up, uh, she's in a, a previous game, right? So like she's, people know of her from before, right? So like mm-hmm. you've already, if you've played the games before, you have already adventured with her. Okay. So like her her kind of skill is known, right? Like that she can hold her own and she can do this stuff. But they still, you know, but they still show they show it great in this game. But like the idea of of her of who she is, like if you've played the whole series, you know that this is who Elena is and Nate knew that before he married her because that's how they met, right? So like I I like that they've built that kind of character for her. She she is my favorite character in this game. Um, for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned, like she does a great job of holding her own. She has good morals and limits, maybe more than some of the other people in the game, right? Like I think that she has a better sense of what's right and what's wrong sometimes. <laughs> she knows when to stop, where the Drake brothers sometimes do not know where to stop. And she's hilarious. Like I, I think she's super well written. It's really great to see the two of them joke together. But mm-hmm. like the the voice acting so good and Elena's delivery on a, her jokes is so dry. Like I really like it. I think that <laughs> I like she's that. a fantastic character. <laughs> what about Sully? You know what I love about partying with a bunch of crooks? What's that? Nobody cares if you smoke indoors. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Sully is like that crazy uncle yep. that you have. He's the coolest person <laughs> in this video game. Sully <laughs> is the man. <laughs> I I like how he continually pops up as kind of like this touchstone character that is there with uh, he's a little god in the box, you know, like sometimes he comes on Deus Ex Machina. Here's our plane. Mm -hmm. Here's this thing that you need. Like, I'm going to help you get out of here. So uh, but I think you need a character like that, especially in adventuring. He's the um, what's that word? Uh, Patron? No. Benefactor? Benefactor. That sounds about yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Like, he is the one who provides them with the things that they need. Yes. Rafe? Yeah, you pulled off some clever moves there. But in the end, all that matters is who gets to Avery's treasure first. <laughs> Rafe. Rafe. <laughs> Great at sword fighting is old Rafe. He is. He's good at sword fighting. He likes things handed to him on a silver platter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rafe is kind of the typical whiny villain mm-hmm. honestly i i like that he's paired up with nadine because if it were just rafe it, it would just it would be too like i'm a bond villain mm-hmm. so i think that they rafe is their weakest character in the in entire group yeah you're not supposed to like him yeah yeah usually i have i like to play as a woman in, in video games i enjoy that more why is that <laughs> i don't know why that is. it's just my preference <laughs> <laughs> i feel like it's me i feel like i have yeah. no, I understand. Uh, you know i'm pretty it's projecting no, i'm lucky like i'm lucky right like that i get to play video games as men all the time like i i always get that but i mean you play games as women too yeah. and i don't know it's just you know no, but that's that's when it's a choice for me nice. right like sometimes I will make that choice if the choice is available to me, but the majority of the time I get given a man and it's like, well, I can relate to a man and so it's fine, right? Like it's, it's easier. Especially in these action. Yes. Adventure games. Mm-hmm. You so 
typically get handed a male character and that's who you are. But with this game, and I think that that's why I never jumped to play it right away because I saw it as like, oh, okay, Indiana Jones, another like dude adventurer. I could play it and enjoy it and that would be fine, but I just never wanted to give the time to it. And now I'm really glad that I did because I feel like the two like having two brothers and the brother relationship, which is something I wouldn't understand and a male protagonist, there's just something about the balance of these characters that really gave me absolutely no pause in how I was playing. I just thoroughly enjoyed playing as Nathan and I felt connected to him as a character, regardless of his gender. And I think that that is a really important thing for a game to have achieved especially in this genre so it makes me really it makes me love the game even more you did some research of your own this time i did i did some story research Do you want to tell me yeah so there are over 55 lines of dialogue <laughs> right, oh, sorry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> great research yeah it's good research <laughs> and i'm gonna read them all to you now stop it okay there are over fifty-five thousand lines of dialogue there we go which feels like a lot it does feel like a lot and they're all so well written and they are all really great and important like okay i shouldn't say important because sometimes you just walk away and you don't even hear them but I love that they're there. I love that there is a lot of talking between characters because most of the time in this game, you're adventuring beside somebody else. Mm-hmm. So there would be talking and there yep. would be dialogue. Yep. So it makes sense. But the dialogue is so good. Like it's really well written. It's incredibly well delivered. Uh, it's f- genuinely funny in many mm-hmm. places in ways that games typically fail. Like, I love this one moment when you're in the Jeep and it's you and Sam and Sully. And every time you bump into something, one of them really complains about how bumpy the drive is. <laughs> but, like, they are falling off cliffs all the time. They're getting shot at and punched and kicked. But, like, they're really mad about the suspension in the Jeep. <laughs> like, there's this whole, like, tirade that Sam goes on about why didn't Sully get the extra suspension why did he feel that he needed to get a winch instead and it's just like it's like so pointless but really very good and i like that as well this game isn't super heavy on exposition the conversations feel natural yes you don't feel like that the characters are unnecessarily explaining things to each other yeah they're just chit-chatting they're actually having conversations and relationships kind of in front of you and i think that that's part of the 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 cinematic elements to this yep. is that you do feel like you're watching a movie with characters that are talking to you. It is not just all exposition. Would you look at that? A secret cave behind the waterfall. Gentlemen, you're on a pirate adventure. What are you, seven? It is more banter and it lets you as the player enjoy the relationships a little bit you get to have these moments where you are just kind of driving through a landscape and you get to settle in and overhear this conversation between these people that that know each other have had past adventures have had history and that's exactly what you would be doing you'd Mm -hmm. be reminiscing you'd be making jokes you would be complaining and i love that it's all prevalent and and there in this game the funny like res- end result, it's not an unrealistic thing, but it is still a funny thing on its own, is that it makes the Drake brothers, they have to make them basically encyclopedias, right? They know 
everything about all of the pirates. Like, that's the way they deal with it. It's just like, oh, yeah, you know about this guy, right? You know about Thomas, too. Like, we all know about him. And I kind of just like the way that they do that. It is not an unbelievable thing, but it is still a funny thing. There were a couple pirates that they're like, I don't know who this one is. Yeah. And that, again, is like another good kind of like self-referential joke. And like, you know, like Sam was like, I don't know anything about him. And Nate kind of makes fun of him a little bit, right? Where it's like, oh, you didn't bother to learn about that guy kind of thing. I kind of, I kind of like that. <laughs> Where it's like, no, I don't know anything about that one. Like when you know intimately the rest, it's just, it's like, it's a good, it's a good way, like a good t- kind of tongue in cheek that like they know what they're doing. They know how it's coming across. And a lot of this dialogue isn't happening in specific cinematic events. Mm-hmm. It is just happening while you're playing the game and i think that that's a big part of it because a lot of the times you will have almost no dialogue while you're going through the action and the gameplay sequences and then you get like all of these cutscenes. and there are a lot of games like that and and that's one way to tell a story but i feel like this tells a story in a really different way that just draws you in so much more I want to talk about a couple of the relationships in this game. I'll talk about my favorite relationship, which is the relationship between uh, Nate and Elena, so like the the married couple in the game. Mm -hmm. They have like a few key moments that I really enjoy, right? Like you get to see kind of their home life at the beginning of the game when you're playing Crash Bandicoot together. And you see a couple that like really enjoy to poke fun at each other and they have a very playful relationship. And then it's kind of, nice in a way because you get to see how good they are together and then you get to experience the guilt of Nate lying to her and like running off and you're kind and like to go on this adventure with his brother and it's kind of like it's an uncomfortable feeling right where it's like well they seem like they have a great relationship but now you're watching Nate kind of like pull away and it is an it's an uncomfortable thing especially when (laughs) Elena shows up Uh, and then, but what happens then, right? So she comes to save him uh, after like a particularly nasty incident and just so happens that she somehow finds him. And then you kind of get to watch them go through the game together as companions and you get to kind of in real time watch their relationship get rebuilt but it's not like completely fixed, right? Like at the end of the game, like Nate's like, well, we've got some work to do now, right? Because they know that they have to kind of like do some work to come back together to each other. But watching them kind of go from being, they're like really standoffish and you watch Nate try and make some moves towards Elena that don't work initially, right? Like he's really kind of like trying his best to not only apologize, but like show how sorry he is for what he's done and the situation that he's in. All the while, while climbing cliffs and fixing elevators and even (laughs) though the the situations (laughs) are so ludicrous that they're going through, they are facing things that all couples can face right like that it's Mm -hmm. at the the heart of it the same problems and it is done in such a real and beautiful way and as you watch them get back on the same page as each other and watch them work together and joke together it's just like a very rewarding character arc and relationship arc that you get to experience as part of this game which is just great the uh, other big relationship that exists in this game is the two brothers and their extremely complex relationship too, especially considering they were orphans together and trying to find out information about their mother. Like you get all these flashback scenes 
where you are kind of finding out a little bit of the exposition of where they came from and why they are doing the things that they're doing. But and then you get that really tumultuous part of the brother relationship of who's saving who, who's the big brother, mm -hmm. who's the one picking on this one, who's the one who you should be stronger or I want to be stronger or the rivalry that's going on. But all through it, it I feel like that Nate and Sam have a really deep bond. They don't get very aggressive towards each other. I mean, even when we stop trusting Sam, he ends up taking a bullet, right? Like, mm -hmm. and then, all you know, we're able to kind of trust the guy that takes a bullet for you, right? I mean, come on. We were discussing this. There are, I don't think that there are a lot of things that you could do to somebody that could not be undone by taking a bullet for them. There you go. That's... <laughs> <laughs> that's a good problem-solving technique yeah. for everyone out there. Mm -hmm. Just take a bullet for anyone that you are in a bad state a fight with. with. You, had, you had a fight, you left the milk <laughs> out, it cuddled overnight, take a bullet. <laughs> just take, just take just it. Take just take a bullet. A little bit, you know, graze to your arm, that's mm -hmm. fine. It doesn't have mm -hmm. to be a really, you know... Just a superficial flesh wound, and you're fine. But yeah, so I really, I, I really enjoy the relationship that they have, because even though it's written as brothers, I can see that relationship translating to different people's experiences with a person like that in their lives and again this is like all through this extreme adventuring but it's still grounded but it's still grounded in real life relationships i love that this game becomes so much deeper than just a treasure hunting adventure yeah and we have the richness of these relationships to fall back on and flesh out this game and and just and make it really enjoyable to spend 26 hours in front of <laughs> it's just again like i feel like i could say this a million times it just in every part of this game they do way more than they needed to mm -hmm. over and over again the level that they put in it's like i don't i don't know why you felt the need to do this but i love that you did it I don't know if you said this already, but you, it's someone, one of us wrote it in the doc. This game just has so much heart mm -hmm. uh, for an adventure game. And that's, I think, really what draws me in a lot to the story here. Should we talk about some of our favorite moments that we went through together while playing this? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I mean, the best part for me is that we got to play a, a huge chunk of this game in person. Uh, oh my gosh, that's my favorite part too. Good. Uh, it was it was really fun to be able to do that, and this was a perfect game for it, where we weren't playing a co-op game, like we were together, sitting on a sofa, and just I was sitting there and watching you play the game. I was giving my advice where I could. We were commiserating and high fiving. Like uh, it was it was very it was just very good. And also, there's there's I think there's maybe like one or two jump scares in the game. <laughs> And we yeah. got and then we got to hit one of those while we were playing together. So <laughs> it, it was just it made it a very different experience, a very fun experience, and I am very pleased that we got to to do that. It made me feel like I was a teenager again playing games with my friends yep. or my brother because yep. it was like you just you get to enjoy that with people in the room that like to play games with you. And I feel like now as a grown up, you don't get that as much. No. It's so much solo gameplay. And it was a lot of fun, especially with a game like this that is deeply cinematic. And there are 
it's like a big story that we're going through together. And it does feel like a little bit you're watching a movie that there aren't many people you can share a game like that with. Like, yeah, there's, of course, you could play games like quick little games with friends here and there. But this is kind of like a gamer's game. And I just I'm just really thankful that we got to play it together. Yeah, this is not like this is not the type of video game that you could just play with anyone. Because mm-hmm. it is, as you say, it is a gamer's game. It is built for the type of person that wants to play the big AAA video game, right? It is yep. not like a Mario or a Mario Kart or you know something like that, which is more approachable. This is not an approachable video game for people that do not play video games. Like if you cannot, and as many people like cannot, cannot kind of use the dual stick mechanic, right? Of like moving in camera. If you can't do that, you cannot play this game, right? Like, it's as simple as that. Like, you have to learn. And those skills I I learned, I think, when you're young, mostly. And if you haven't (laughs) been playing games your whole life, this would be a very hard one to pick up. Yeah, I remember when the dual stick mechanic first came out and the learning learning curve just to use that very first controller with the two sticks. And you're like, oh, my God, what's happening? And then after that, you get it. You're like, so okay. my first game like that was Max Payne. Did you ever play Max Payne? I did play Max Payne. That was my first game. I never played game. it all the way through, but I have played it. That was the first game that I played on PlayStation with the dual sticks, right? On, the, on a DualShock mm-hmm. or whatever they were called. I don't think they were called DualShock initially, but uh, when, they, when they had the two analog sticks. I think my first controller was that with X, it was Xbox. Yeah, that would make sense. Because I didn't do PlayStation. I, I We were Xbox. Yeah. And I I had to quit the game because I hated it so much. Like I just couldn't get my head around how to control it. It took a long. It takes time. Maybe it was Halo. Maybe the first Halo. probably was Halo. If you were Xbox, I think it, it was the first Halo. Halo. Yeah. I loved playing through Halo. I I played through Halo. Never one. liked I Halo. Halo. Never really got to Halo. Wasn't my thing. Uh, I had an Xbox. I, I just liked it because it was the shooter of the time. Like that yeah. was the one to play. That was like, the one. That was it. So. There are a couple of chapters in this game that stand out to me that I really enjoyed. Uh, one is a chapter called Marooned. So yes. I'm so glad you wrote this down. You're shipwrecked and you lose Sam. And Nate is like really hurt and it's raining. And everything that you do is harder. You're moving slower. And when you're climbing up the walls, you keep slipping and you have to get your timing you, just right. Like, And you feel it in the yes. controller. Like, I can't believe how they're able to translate the strife that's happening on screen to something that's in your hand that it's completely detached, you know, and it's, it's magical. It's a really wonderful chapter because it, it resets you from playing as this Superman, right? Like yes. you are back to be, he is hurt and he's trying to find his way through his environment and everything sucks and he's sad, right? It's just like, it's like a really good. <laughs> and even the one. dialogue too, he's like talking to himself and he's like, I'm going crazy talking to myself. Yeah. It's very good. And then of course the epilogue is wonderful. Uh, I actually don't want to talk too much about the epilogue because if that's fine, it, if people were planning on playing it, like I think that it it's worth experiencing that for what it is, mm-hmm. and and I think that it is just a very very nice way to wrap up this game and the series. I think it's I think they did a great job. Yeah, there's just really most of my favorite moments in this game were those we talked about earlier. Those feelings of success as you're playing through where you just feel like oh i just hit this perfect like climb 
go down a landslide, uh, go down like a, a sliding path and then do the grappling hook and then jump. And you're like, yes, I just did it. Or like a fantastic stealth takedown. It's just those moments of success that the game gives you. I, I love those. I really like that crazy action sequence with the driving. It was really difficult, but it was it was very intense because the most of the driving in the game it's pretty like scenic I'm getting from place to place. Mm-hmm. This one was action driving and it was high intensity and it was a lot of adren- adrenaline. And so I, I really like that they put that in there and then there's like ridiculous explosions. I love a ridiculous explosion. It's very good. Um, and exploring ruins. Like it's the, I guess for me, it was more feelings throughout the game than specific moments, but they, uh, they just, they were really good. And you wrote down, oh, good. You wrote down the battery with the flashlight. Mm-hmm. That was such a good controller interaction moment. That was just genius. Yeah. So like there's a using this flashlight and when the, when the light starts to dim, you have to hit the controller against your hand like you would have a flashlight to try and kind of shake up the batteries. Oh, so good. It's just, yeah, <laughs> these types of things are just so beautifully done and it, it makes it so much more of an engaging experience. Yeah, I really think that they use the controller really well in this game, like the gyroscope in it and the and the vibrations of the controller. It they did it in a really perfect subtle way that you almost didn't realize that it was happening, but yet it gave you that connection to the screen. Mm, so well done. Mm. Good job, Naughty Dog. So, I want to talk about music and audio. Okay. Because I think that this game is like its graphics, so rich of an audio experience and i did a little bit of research and found out some specific details about how they did a lot of the audio and how they really put so much care into every little piece of it in order to give you this incredibly interactive environment that you are walking through and it's, it goes from some simple things that you noticed right away, like the dialogue fading as you walk away from a character speaking. Like you can go completely out of earshot and you can't hear what they're saying at all. And then you come back and you hear the end of their sentence. And it's one of those things that it could have been important dialogue and you just walked away. Like <laughs> You just walked mm-hmm. away and you didn't even get to hear it. And then like I was talking about before, the the time that they put into the Jeep, they recorded the sounds of all the different surfaces in order to like individually synthesize the sound of every tire. Hang on guys. You need traction here. Nathan, the rocks. That's crazy amounts of detail, but you know what? It was so worth it because you take moments like you're walking through foliage and they vary how fast you're moving. They vary the type of foliage you're moving through in order to create different sounds and noises. Like it's not just a loop of some brush rustling. It's actually really very delicately considered and it adds to this amazing environment that they don't just take for granted. They don't fall back on their graphics. They add all that sound in to make it as rich and dynamic as possible. And I just, I love that they did all that and it makes a big difference. They even, so they even took the 
even the grappling hook. If you, they they took the Indiana Jones whip, which I think is kind of fun that they did an homage to Indiana Jones mm-hmm. and used the exact same the David Morgan bullwhip as a noise for the grappling hook throwing sound. And so that was kind of like a, even though it's not really a whip, they they took some liberties with that. I like that they kind of gave that nod to the Indiana Jones adventuring, uh, kind of the granddad of of (laughs) adventures like this. See? It's not bad. What did you think about the music? I like the music. I think it was, it, really put you in a mood when it needed to. Mm-hmm. And other times it was nice background ambience when it needed to be like, I think specifically of the part where like the sentimental moments where you're driving in the Jeep with mm-hmm. Elena and you are kind of on the outs and you're like still a little bit fighting together. Nothing is, it's not quite right. And there's this music that's playing and it really puts you in the seats of the Jeep. Yeah. It makes you feel all the things that they're kind of feeling. It's one of the only times in the game where they do like bring up the music, right? Like, and, mm-hmm. and you're driving through and it's like, woof, you can feel the tension. It's a good moment. I like that one. Yeah. That's, that was a big moment where I really noticed the music or, you know, you get the more adventuring music and it, it amps mm-hmm. up or you get the, um, when you're creeping through a lot of some of the tunnels with that aren't very well lit and maybe you have a, a torch or some sign of some kind and it gives you that uneasy feeling. I, I think that the music is is really dynamic and beautiful throughout yep. this entire game. And they have fight music, which is your favorite thing. Oh, of course they have fight yep. music. I mean, come yep. on. I mean, where are you without like the swell of the wonderful fight music? It's like, here it comes. It's battle time. <laughs> but yeah, overall, the, the music itself, the details, the ambience, like as they make it dynamic, you're moving in and out of caves, around mountains. They, they are really able to encapsulate it all and i think that that brings together this game in a way that you have this adventure game that you're playing and it is completely pure wish fulfillment and i love that about video games because it gives you this unrealistic adventure you're globe trotting you're climbing cliffs some things that people in movies do but in games you have agency in it and you get to interact with that and i think that that is what really draws me to games like this is that i'm i'm able to experience and have these adventures just like the people that i'm watching and that i'm playing as and so that just really um it, uh, it has always drawn me in and i think that's why i love big games like this. And now I feel like I want to play even more. And I feel like now it's, I'm back. I'm back to, All right. I'm back to these big cinematic games. I'm, I'm really into it. So you better watch out. I'm going to be suggesting some big ones for us in the future. And, uh, are you ready? I enjoyed it a lot playing a game like this. It takes a long time. So we're actually next time, we're going to go <laughs> in the complete opposite direction and we're going to pick up a game that the main mechanic of the game is every minute you die. It's called <laughs> Minute. Uh, and that is going to be our next episode. And if we learned anything from Nathan, what did we learn? Always take you the keys. Always take the keys. Always take the keys. You'd be a fool not to. No, nope, always take them, no matter what. 